0: Hey crack fans! stays tacky longer than any other grip you'll find out there and if you tell your opponent what do I use on my racket I use the mega tack you're going to be attacking with that mega tack from start to finish if you've seen anything we do at crack rackets you know I'm a hairy guy as you can imagine I sweat when I play the only grip that works for me is the turna tennis grip of course the mega tack taking things to the next level how can you get yourself hooked up with a turna grip today it's simple you're going to either find it wherever you buy your tennis goods about the mega tack the tackiest grip on the market contact sales at unique and get started with our friends at turn of to tennis today welcome to Ooh, hey great shot this the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we've got our final edition of The Deciding Point before the 2022 NCAA tournament begins. What are we doing on today's show? It's a mailbag edition of The Deciding Point. We want to answer all of your questions before the 2022 postseason begins. And let me say, you all post some doozies for us to ponder on today's show. We'll talk about things like who we have As our favorites, not just for the team competition, but we're going to get to dive into the individual singles doubles action as well. We'll talk about the relevance, our favoritism or lack thereof, of the super regional. Who is the girl this season in Division I women's college tennis, all of that, and so much more, of course. If you have yet to submit a question, you're tuning in today live on our YouTube channel, A. Welcome back to our show here tonight. Always a pleasure to be joined by all of you. Be feel free to throw any additional questions you have in the chat as well. Super producer Daniel Westhoff will send them my way as we try to answer everything, provide you all the information so you can most thoroughly enjoy this 2022 NCAA tournament. But with the questions you pose, as always, I looked at them, I said, boy, I'm gonna need some help to answer them here on today's show. And thankfully I do joining me on today's podcast a crossover edition of The Deciding Point as we are joined by a couple of our Cracked Rackets returning champions. Of course, let's start where we always start with a co-favorite writer on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, founder of the No Ad No Problem blog, our West Coast correspondent for all things college tennis. The man who has helped me pilot the ship of each and every Division I women's college tennis episode of The Deciding Point this season. It's our friend, John J. Parsons. J, hey. Great shot. Welcome back to the show. One day away. We are less than 24 hours from the start of the NCAA tournament. How are you feeling, my friend?
1: Good. Did you come up with crossover edition on the spot? That was pretty I good. I did. Did
0: you see yeah. it in my eyes? I was like, it. I think I've got
1: it. I saw, it and then you realized when it was a it was a hit. Um <laughs> yeah, less than 24 hours. I'm 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 excited to be glued to my phone, glued to the scores. And, you know, once we chat again, we will be. Post NCAA, so we'll be in the in the in the midst of it.
0: I will also say this is our first mailbag of the post J era where you used to provide us with all the fodder for our questions, all of our topics. And you I know, still yeah. have
1: them on my phone if we need some <laughs> reserves.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are some left unaddressed. But that's how I know you're a regular now is that you can see in my face when I think I've come up with something good. And maybe that means it's time for this season to end. So I can come up with some better poker faces moving forward. But of course, always joining us a man with no poker face, but a man you know best as the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula predictions never far from the listed utr one of the many games to root for the liberty flames and we're sticking with just the professor today as he came up with another gem posting of course the bracket challenge on the college tennis ranks website if you have not already go sign up go fill out a bracket what's the worst that can happen your picks are wrong the upside is that your picks are correct And you will be able to look at me, at Jay, at Chris, and the countless others who have signed up for this competition, and say,
2: "I'm
0: smarter than you when it comes to college tennis." And in the end, isn't that what we all want in life? By the way, I've yet to introduce him, but still, go sign up, collegetennisranks.com. Chris Alioris, hey, great shot, good to see you as always, my friend. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, and I'm thinking, you know, in the lack of uh, if there is a lack of formal prizes for the bracket challenge, at a minimum the winners get to record a video doing exactly what you said going I'm smarter <laughs> than you Alex and we will play it on the live show for sure. here's the problem is I would love that more than anything so <laughs>
0: let's lock that in right now West off mark the moment let's cut this clip what we're going to do if you fill out that bracket in the final moments here before the competition begins yes a you're going to get to fill out a, or record a video going to me, Chris Jay, if you are the winner, we'll play it live here as our victory celebration super producer Danny Westoff maybe you'll turn it into a little remix as well. but we will have some sort of prize for all of you still coordinating with our friends at tennis one as to uh, tennis one excuse me tennis point as to what exactly that will be nevertheless, go play go sign up college tennis ranks.com. I have yet to sign up. I think I'm actually going to fill it out tomorrow morning, 9. AM so that I can, you know, again, procrastinate as long as possible because I look at some of the matches. I'm just like, ah, am I going to go head heart? Do I want to win? Am I going to put my real name? What's my fake name going to be this time? I got to be incognito. Jay, have you filled yours out already?
1: I filled out my men's, I was lying in bed. I was like, you know what? I just need to do this. And it was stressful. (laughs) It was a stressful process. Um, I have not done the women yet. I have no idea who, what I want to do there. Uh, So I'm going to be procrastinating that as well.
0: Yeah. Chris, have you
2: filled one out yet? I did. I filled them both out. I, I have no faith in, in either one of them, but uh, (laughs) but yeah, they're, they're in there. And uh, yeah, you know, don't wait too long because at some point on the drive to Raleigh tomorrow, I have to pull over, presumably, or just throw it up in the lap, log on, and lock the entry so nobody can submit anymore. So, you know, 10 a.m., could be 9.30, could be 10.30, you know.
0: I lied. I still have 25 minutes left to do on the bike today. I'm going to do it as soon as we're done with this show. That's where I'll fill it out. When we have finally done know. with all of our final recordings and we have all of our thoughts put together, I can steal all the ideas I like from the two of you. Jay, this is your first bracket with stakes. Like now, you're an expert. Now the picks are on the line. And now, God willing, God willing, some coach is going to go look at college tennis ranks, see your picks, and then in champagne look at you and say, Oh, picked against us, didn't you? And that's just that's the moment when you've arrived. That's when you've made it.
1: And so hopefully, we have my brackets always have stakes. They might yeah. just be more public this time around. Um, so so we'll see. If anyone wants to use this fodder, that's great. Bragging rights, all for it. You know, there's a mix of like, do you want to win? Do you kind of want to go with the, the hot take that might be right? There's a lot of variables. So I'm totally fine with any result.
0: Chris, I have a couple burner emails. Can I submit two just Michigan wins brackets and get that off my conscience? And then once I do that, then I can do a serious I- one.
2: Absolutely. You can submit under as many emails as you want. And, you know, what I was going to say, I really because it was sort of quick enough that we didn't put tons of bells and whistles, I really would have liked to have put a spot not only for an entry name, but your name if you wanted to be known publicly, because I will certainly not expose people just because of their email. But I will say there are numerous college head coaches who have submitted brackets that I can tell based on the email address the entry name may or may not be reflective of that and I'm certainly not going to out them but some of them may be totally fine letting people know it's them and others may want to be a little incognito it would have been really nice for them to say yeah that's fine let people know who I am and we could (laughs) have done sort of like ESPN's done before where they have the (laughs) you know, the famous people's bracket. If you you know, look here, follow all these folks. That would have been really fun to, to follow along and see what some of the, the coaches had done.
0: Absolutely. And again, as you can tell, it's a laid back theme here on our final show. If you want to hear our women's draw preview, go check out the great shot podcast feed or our crack brackets, YouTube channel. Jay and I broke it down on Tuesday night. Of course, Chris and I last night broke down the men's draw. here. We've got a mailbag show for all of you listeners today. And, to your point, Chris, yeah. I mean, again, the predictions are half the fun. Yesterday was May 4th. I was thinking about filling it out. And I was like, I think I'm going to name my bracket Mace Windu. And I was like, I don't know if anyone will get there. Like, will anyone find Mace Windu, who's the most fascinating character of the second but first Star Wars trilogy? And it's like, I can tell in both of your faces, the answer would have been no. So we're going to put Mace Windu in the trash. Not going to use that one. I'll find up it come with a different alias. I like to do Silence Do Good. You know the Ben Franklin, the what he used to write the letters with. Anyone who watched the first national treasure, you know silence do good. Um, But I may scrap that one as well. We'll see. Uh, Maybe I'll just call myself Daniel Westoff. Like I feel like that's a good one too. That's a good alias that no one will see coming. But with all of that said let's start to get into our questions of course before we can do that a shout out as always to our friends at swing vision and Turna and you all know the deal for the latest and greatest in Intel and in artificial intelligence in tennis check out the swing vision app you can have access to all of their data all of their services in the palm of your hand you can learn more by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast when you inevitably do sign up and folks, Hours on the court are precious. Be the most efficient you can be. Improve in the easiest way possible. Download the Swing Vision app. You're just going to have access to everything. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. $20 discount. 14-day pro trial. Again, to learn more, just click on the link in the description to this ad. Of course, a shout-out to our friends at Turna as well. They've been providing the best equipment in the business for quite some time now, whether it be the Turner grips, whether it be the big hit or silver seven, two or strings, so much more. You can join the Turner team today by emailing sales at unique You mentioned crack racket sent you to hook you up with discounted pricing, hook you up with free samples as well. Again, that's emailing sales at unique with that said get into our first questions and this first question some of them some people choosing to be anonymous others choosing to offer their username obviously appreciate all of you that were willing to uh, submit questions again make these mailbag podcasts far more fun when we do have questions to work with it's a basic one it's a fun one it's one we've been pondering all season long and now we have the draws we know the pathways to the championship, so let's lay it out. We talked about the opening weekend in our draw previews. We have not talked big picture. I want to start on the women's side, and I'm going to go to you first here, Jay. Give me your three favorites to take home the title this May.
1: Three or 30? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, it's a fair answer, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we did the rundown, right? If one was last time, it felt like the tournament was this open. I legitimately, sitting here today, Feel sort of similar to when we were doing the CR top 10, right? Where I'm like, yeah, this team, you know, makes sense here. I mean, I could make the case for, you know, 10 teams, really, I feel. Um, Particularly, we had North Carolina and Oklahoma as probably tier one throughout the season after indoors, you know, both of them kind of faltered down the home stretch. You know, other teams have come on strong, like Texas, uh, like Duke, who knows about Pepperdine, Uh, Stanford, Michaela Gordon still in the still on the lineup, even after protest. So look, there's legitimately 10 teams. I think you could make a case for if I had to go with three, I would go with North Carolina, Texas, and Oklahoma.
0: Interesting. You say that now, again, we like to do tiers here at crack rackets and Jay, I'm going to stick with you here. Let's go tier one team, teams that are capable Of winning the national title and Chris is I'm going to incorporate you as well here. Let's just say yes or no. I think we all agree. North Carolina tier one team, Jay. Yes. Chris. Yep. Number two seeded Oklahoma whose pathway. And I just want to lay this out quickly because we talked about it a bit on our draw show, but Jay pointed it out. Things could not be more tough for the number two Sooners who of course shocked us all by going to Duke in the kickoff weekend. Boy, that they advanced past Duke there that has that win aged well. And then they go to the kickoff weekend. They beat conference rivals in Texas. They beat Pepperdine a win. They followed up by beating the Waves again at home at the end of the season. Yes, Oklahoma lost a match at the end of season to Texas, but there are two losses this season You know, round three, I believe it was against Texas, as well as a loss to North Carolina in the national indoor finals where they won doubles and four first sets. I'm not doubting their ability to win the title when I lay out this path. But you mentioned it. You know, we talked about it. They have Arizona State, who's number 17. In the rankings that are 18 right around there. That's the number two seed in the region. They earned wins over just about everyone in the Pac-12, including a Michaela Gordon list Stanford, but Stanford, nonetheless, on their way uh, towards the end of the season. Then it would be in the round of 16, a Michaela Gordon with Stanford team. I mean, that's just a ridiculous prospect. To have to go against. And then after that, you look at it. Number seven seed, Texas A&M. They haven't lost since February. Number three seed, Duke, or even number six, NC State, assuming things stick to seed. I mean, that's a brutal pathway as well. And then, of course, you're in the championship where it's a North Carolina or a Texas or a Pepperdine. Everyone has a tough path. That is the most brutal of pathways. And so I like. it's not unreasonable to not have them in your top three Simply by how many times they will be tested throughout the course of this tournament. Now, the the reason I bring that up, I think about Pepperdine last season, 4-3 against UCLA in the quarterfinals, 4-3 against North Carolina in the semifinals. They almost got the final 4-3 against uh, UCLA, uh, excuse me, against Texas in the final, and they were you know, so close to capturing that doubles point as well. They weren't able to get over the hump there. It's just really hard to have to have match after match after match, break your way. Think about the Oklahoma state team uh, back. What was that 2016 where they won four, three match after four, three match until things just broke against them in that final against Stanford. It's a really tough pathway. I mean, all these pathways are tough is the problem. With that in mind, Chris – so let's keep going, by the way, Tier 1s, and then, Chris, I want to hear your top three. I mean, again, just going by C, Duke's a Tier 1 team, right? They've proven it, Jay? Yep. Yep. Chris? Chris? Are you quietly in all Duke Blue Devil gear, by the way, tonight? It's unclear. That's a Duke Blue.
2: It's funny you say that, Gruskin, because I'll I'll wait to unveil my my women's pick, but this is actually –
0: Oh, oh, Kentucky blue. What? That's a cardinal sin by me.
2: Unforced there. I apologize. I mean, well, you know, part, part of the deal is I, I got to save all the Liberty gear for the weekend, but, uh, you know, fair. I, I, I have to rotate and, you know, I'm, I'm really high and I have a deep run for Kentucky in my men's picks. So, uh, so that's what, that's why we're sporting the the UK gear tonight.
0: West off mark that clip as well. Chris is really high uh, and he's just letting us know here on the show tonight. All right. Number four, Texas tier one, big 12 conference champions. They come in hot. We, we all agree. Uh, You know, number five seed. uh, I think we would all agree as well. Virginia with how well they've played down the home stretch. They've probably earned the right to be tier one. You've got Emma Navarro on the roster. You just beat North Carolina. They're there. NC state. National indoor semifinalists they're probably on your list as well again a and m no top ten wins, but they haven't lost since February. We don't know what's going to happen with number eight Pepperdine. It is really tough, Chris, who's your three?
2: My top three I would have to say are probably North Carolina, Texas, and Duke
0: interesting, so you're both on the Texas. Texas is hot. They've got the experience that matters bandwagon, I assume. Jay, you're shaking your head.
1: Yeah, I also think Duke is a good pick given their draw. Uh, What we talked about on Tuesday, like it's the opposite of Oklahoma's draw. So they're going to be coming in most likely pretty fresh to Illinois um so that's a huge bonus for them
0: yeah you look at it the number 14 seed georgia down Ma. so that's one you know a lesser obstacle for duke to have to get over in the round of 16 and that match is at home they'd face potentially conference rival nc state again once again it would be at home and obviously that's a good thing for the blue devils and yeah they've already seen oklahoma once this year should it come down to that match and You know, again, that's a lot of projecting, but I agree with you. That's probably the most favorable of the (sighs) paths. Favorites? I mean, with Janice Chen at one, if she's playing as well as she did and you're just pushing everyone down the lineup, I mean, the lower Lisa Zauer goes, the percentage she becomes lock becomes higher and higher because I just think her – The level of tennis translates. I think you can't deny how well Texas is playing down the home stretch and the experience that group has. And Shavat is clicking again, and that's everything for this team. There's a reason Texas is in all of our top threes. Uh, That's because they are, again, to get the win over Oklahoma and have the championship experience. That's the double double everyone would want. I'm still a believer in the heels. I know they lost twice down the season's home stretch. I think they have to be in your top three as well. I'll tell you what, if any team can get through the draw that is available to them, it's Oklahoma. I'm going to go Oklahoma in the top three. I'm sorry, Texas A&M fans. You're just missing out in that number four spot. Now, again, it's pretty tough on the women's side, flip a coin. It's going to be a really, whoever wins the doubles point. I think that's, the team that's going to end up winning the national championship. Now with that in mind, let's flip gears about the men top three favorites blends into question number two, which I want to bring up on the screen now, which we got, which I think is a fascinating question because I think all of us agree given they haven't lost since their first round match at the national indoors to Texas. You look at the Florida Gators, you're defending national champions. 4-0 win over Kentucky in the SEC championship. They go through the SEC regular season undefeated. Riffis not only clicking on all cylinders, he's now engaged to CC Bellis. Shout out to you, Sam, obviously, and CC. That's awesome. Um, I got the chance to hang out with them a little bit in Orlando last year. Wonderful CC and Champagne, Jay. Not impossible to think. Um, With that in mind, obviously, he's clicking on all cylinders. Shelton has been number one in the country for the majority of the season. He earns the clinch over Draxel in straight sets. He's playing as well as possible. Gujar, I think, has won like eight of his last nine or nine of his last ten. He's clicking. This team has also been extraordinary in the doubles point. They are your favorites. I don't care that they're the number two overall seats. The defending champs who have pretty much the entire nucleus back. We've said it all year long. They are the favorites. The question we got, and I think it's a good one, If Florida does not win the men's title, it will be because of what, Chris?
1: Long
2: pause. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like somebody's just going to step up and beat them. I mean, because somebody plays exceptional. There's no, you know, you're not. There's no accidental wins over Florida. Florida. Oh, so and so had a bad day. It no. I mean, it's a complete team victory. If so, if, if they don't win the title, somebody just played lights out to beat them. Uh, and that's it because, you know, you're, I, I assume you're going to head into our top three. I have Florida. And then I don't know, like I, I have some good takes there, but there's no clear cuts in who those next two would be for me. The only team I know for sure that I put in that group is Florida. So yeah, for them to not win, I think we I mean we know who's playing the top four for them. I think we see Seymour Gujar at five six but but maybe that's part of part of it like they you you know if they don't win, it's because five six don't come through, they don't get doubles but I mean you know I, there's so many things that have to go wrong. I can't imagine you know it's not going like i said it's gonna be because the other team earned it. It's not like they're better. They're that much better than everybody else. Somebody can beat them. They're just so solid that you're going to have to have the team performance to beat them.
0: Yeah. I have a case to make, but I want to hear yours first, Jay. If it's not Florida, who is it?
2: Or excuse me. It will be because of what? Rain. (laughs) Fair. Moves them indoors. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that's a great take.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, especially you look at like a potential quarterfinal with Virginia, you say that goes indoors. I mean, that favors Virginia significantly a team that's, pretty strong at that four or five, six position where you probably have to take wins against Florida. That could certainly be an element here in Illinois. Um, that's the main thing. And then as Chris said, like the path to victory against Florida, that calculus is pretty narrow. So all sorts of things have to go wrong for Florida, but look, that's why we play the tournament. We don't anoint someone today. Uh, so it's possible for sure.
2: Yeah. I think that's what I want to see, Jay. I want to see the rain because Gruskin is going to avoid, like the plague, the discussion of an indoor Florida-Virginia sneaker gate round two. Uh, (laughs) I I want to see that happen. (laughs)
0: Well, first of all, funky things happen indoors at the Atkins Tennis Center. We were at the National Indoors last year when Illinois, out of nowhere, beats USC in night number one, and then, without Kovacevic, beats Virginia on that third day and just – yeah, once you go in indoors in Champagnes, all bets are off. My thing for Florida, you look for them overall on the season. They won a lot of doubles points throughout the course of the year, and you look for them down the home stretch, or I should just say in general. The last time Florida lost a doubles point was also – in that match against Texas. Now you think about some of the notable, you know, doubles points that they played South Carolina, where they had that seven, six breaker, right. Where volley and Benetto end up sneaking it out or where was it against maybe Alabama where, I mean, in the end, would it have mattered? Probably not, but where Seymour and Andrade snuck out a breaker. And, you know, I, I feel like Shelton and Riffis. I'll look at the stats, but I feel like they've snuck things out in a breaker a couple of times as well. or seven, five sets here or there. Yeah. Illinois. I mean, again. Take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. Point being, they've been really good at doubles. You know, Seymour and Andrade went 0-2 at the SEC tournament. They were down 4-5 in their third set. I think Valle and Benetto have clicked at that number three spot. And I think they feel very good about their three doubles teams how reliant is that doubles point or, you know, how consistent will that doubles point be against the highest level of competition at the NCAA tournament? Because this team hasn't needed to find four singles victories since the national indoor tournament. Now they haven't lost since the national indoor tournament either. And that's why we all say they are unequivocal favorite. And again, we're nitpicking here, but that would be one thing is how real is the double success. The other thing is like, all right, Seymour's probably the option at five, and he's six and one overall in dual matches this season. He hasn't played that many matches, though, throughout the course of the year. Will he be, you know, in a pinch? Is he going to hold up? Are we going to see them play around with the five, six spots? Will we see a Bonetto appearance, you know, with Goodger? How's that going to work? I'm I'm intrigued. Like, Chris, again, you're our Florida expert. Any validity to
2: those points? Well, definitely on the doubles front. I mean, your question of how real is that double success? I don't know. I mean, you look at the sec look probably when I think about the sec and you ask me who's the best doubles team in the sec, it's probably South Carolina. But if you remember that South Carolina match was missing three guys for South Carolina, right? So you can't, I mean, just throw that out the window in the, in for against Florida And then they also took
0: doubles points against Tennessee, like yeah,
2: uh, Auburn and Tennessee are really good doubles. Um, So they've gotten them, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's been a great test. Obviously, you know, doubles when you're playing one set, it can go either way. So the fact that you ran the table and didn't lose a doubles point is really, is really good. But when they get in against some of those top teams, they might actually drop. You know, a doubles point, but I think again, then we just get back to the last year's scenario of okay, fine, but they never lost a singles point, and you're going to need to take that if you want to knock them off. You need to take that doubles point, and then and then only need three singles matches. Getting four singles matches off of them is not going to be easy.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the scary thing again. Andrade, he's won eight and eight in a row, eight no oh in his last ten. Goodger, as I mentioned, eight and two in his last 10. He's one, two and a row. riff is nine and one in his last 10 volley, seven and one in his last 10. Shelton six and two in his last 10. I mean, yeah, even Benetto six and two in his last 10 as well. They're clicking on all cylinders. Everyone's playing well in the singles lineup. That's why they are your unequivocal favorites. Your number, uh, excuse me, number one on all of our lists. Now, again, You look at their pathway to the championship. If things were to hold seed, they'd play number 15, North Carolina. That's a match in Gainesville. Then they'd play number seven, Virginia, man, would that match be very, very fun. Hypothetically, it would be number three seed Baylor NCAA championship rematch before number one seed TCU, um, who beat them early in the season, of course, in Fort Worth. Jay, who are your two and three on this list?
1: Oof. Uh, You know, I think the top half is a little lighter than the bottom half. So for that reason alone, I have to go TCU. Got to put them in that top three category. Um, I'm I'm kind of in the Chris camp of like there's a one and then there's like a ton of teams who could be in there. You know, uh, I'll take a flyer on Tennessee.
0: Okay. I like that pick. And yeah, Monday's healthy. They made the national indoor final. They beat Baylor in the semis. I mean, yeah, you look for them. The number 11 seed is Georgia, who, of course, they've faced and beat in Athens at the SEC tournament. I like that pick. I mean, the Bears are just being slept on because they just quietly have beaten TCU every time they've played. And all those matches have been at TCU, so no one's been able to see it. Um, But those matches, obviously, Baylor Bears are clicking if that's why I'm really excited for this weekend and for AM, because Luke Casper versus Teddy parallax is a great test for Teddy parallax. And it's just, if we see the same parallax as we saw at the big 12 championship, then yeah. Unequivocally the Baylor bears belong in your top three list. <sighs> I mean, how about Texas? Like, oh, well, I guess that gets us to our sleepers and our dark horses, which we'll save for a little bit later. Um, let's move on.
2: To our next I don't get to, I don't get to give my top three gruskin
1: I thought you did you said Florida then who else yeah you said no one else Florida yeah, no well, one else
2: I mean there's no one else but the but the, the problem is i want to pick everybody from the same half of the bracket which yeah. is a problem yeah. yeah so my my three if you make me pick and I have sleepers in here I mean I mean sleepers in that they're not top four teams right mm-hmm. if you may if I had to pick my my three three most likely I'm actually going to go Florida one Baylor two and that's a semifinal match and then I'm going to back up to a quarterfinal quarterfinal match and my third pick Virginia is going to be Virginia
0: yes hold on hold that case hold that case because I want to hear it a little bit later and I think there'll be a good chance to do that let's go now to the next question. Question number 3 about the Elite Eight and this comes from Scotty B. What is your dream Elite Eight matchup that you want to see the most in the men's and women's team event? So again, one quarterfinal matchup on the men's side, one on the women's. We'll start with you Chris. It sounds like it's Virginia Florida.
2: Well, I I'm going to love that match, but that's not the dream match. Come on. mississippi the dream State, match is Ohio State Michigan. Oh,
0: I like it. Part 4. I mean, we-
2: yeah, we got to have round four: Ohio State, Michigan. Now, yes, that that Florida-Virginia match will be crazy good, but to to have a round four where Michigan, you know, the kind of quote-unquote underdog, if you will, already owns a two-one advantage over Ohio State—that's that's the marquee matchup to me in that round. But but yeah, that I would look more forward to that. Florida-Virginia would be outstanding.
1: Jay. Florida-Virginia so First, mine. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say Florida-Virginia is mine. I think the calculus there seems interesting to me on the, on the Virginia side. So um, that half of the draw is more interesting to me than the top half for sure.
0: You guys are wrong, and I like the Michigan-Ohio State shout-out, but the best potential rivalry match in the quarterfinals is Baylor-Tennessee. Those are two teams that genuinely hate each other. And I'm speaking on behalf of both sides. Like, there is not a lot of love lost between those two sides who played in an NCAA semifinal last year, who played in a national indoor semifinal this year. If you want, A, really good tennis, but B, a little chutzpah, Michigan and Ohio State don't hate each other. Like, of course, we're rivals. But there's a lot of respect between those two programs because you see each other all the time. I'm not saying Tennessee and Baylor don't respect each other, but they dislike each other. And so that to me is why that's the dream side. And Scotty B, I hope that's the answer you're looking for, because I think it is the answer in terms of spice factor. Um, I would go with that. Now on the women's side, I think the answer has to be Pepperdine, North Carolina. Like that's just to get that rematch from last year, right away in Champaign, uh, sign me up for that. Like put right off the bat again, that's, you feel like, to me, that's the pick, Jay. What what say you?
1: Yeah, the only reason I'm split is because of Stearns Navarro at UVA Texas. Like, give me that matchup. Um, sure. You know, that's what we I have been wanting to see these past two seasons. But certainly from a narrative standpoint, UNC Pepperdine rematch of last year. Again, both of those mat- uh, those matches in the top half of the draw, much more interesting to me than the bottom half potential quarterfinals. Chris? Yeah, I actually
2: think that the on the women's side, all four matches, if seeds hold, potentially are, you know, to me, give more, more interesting matches. I, I like all of them. Yes, North Carolina Pepperdine has got to be the favorite, but I mean, look, Oklahoma being the first year where we see them where they're at against A&M, who's basically run the gauntlet, I mean... Every single one of these matches is is big, but yeah, I, there's no way I could get away from North Carolina Pepperdine as being the marquee one. And professor, I actually have a question from you. And this comes from Ryan Lee in the
0: chat. If the top eight seed loses, where does the super regional go?
2: To the, to the highest remaining. I mean, for the two teams that play, it's whoever's higher ranked. So, so yeah, if, if, if the lower of the 16, if the nine through 16 wins, and the top eight loses then that nine through 16 team would host the super regional. If, you know, I've always wondered what happens if both, whatever, you know, you have an eight, nine and the eight and the nine, both lose. I would assume they fall back to NCAA ranking or ITA rankings. Right. But, but it's not technically an ITA tournament. So did the NCAA actually physically order every team? Like they did the head to head matchups such that, you know, what if numbers you know 32 and 33 ended up playing each other did they do the comparison to see which one hosts that match I don't know but you know I don't know that we'll ever see that happen but yeah if the top eight loses
1: then that 9 through 16 would actually
2: host the super regional match
0: Jay you look like you had something
1: to throw in here oh no I would assume that they would just take the the comparison they do for seating and apply it to those. Non eight, non nine seated, seated teams and say, hey, who should host between these Go two? Yeah, the would they wait
2: categories? and do that until after the weekend or had they done it ahead of time? Yeah, that's, no, those would no, be great
0: questions. They definitely would do yeah, it. Yeah, why would you proactively <laughs> yeah. do something that has never happened? Um, yeah, and so, exactly. yeah, and by the way, the Super Regional is pretty new. Here in tennis but we'll get back to that super regional thought in a bit those are our dream elite mate eight matchups let's move on to a question I thought this was a fascinating one what significance if any do you think the USTA tennis channel rankings have does anyone take them seriously does the NCAA committee know they exist do they highlight a problem with the ITA algorithm again professor this feels like a question straight up your alley
2: Wow, so so you had multiple questions there. It's does on the screen, take... by the way.
0: We'll start uh, part one. What significance, if any, do you think the USDA Tennis Channel rankings have? Does the does anyone take them seriously?
2: So significance, uh, I mean, I don't. The only thing significant is what's used for, you know, getting into the tournament. As far as I'm concerned, so I would say significance is almost zero. Does anyone take them seriously? Of course. I mean, schools tweet them out coaches look at them. I mean, it's, it's more a, you know, the ITA is strictly formula based. So there are always going to be anomalies that will pop up in a formula. Whereas, you know, the voters are kind of using the eye test if you will. So absolutely people look at them and take them, take them seriously. Uh, I think you had a, does it point out a a problem with the ITA formula? Was that the question? It was indeed. Yeah, I mean, look, you you have to have, I, I would say you, in, in this day and age, you've got to have some formula. Is the ITA formula the ideal one? I don't know that I would say it's absolutely perfect. It's the ideal formula, but a poll is, to me also is not the answer because honestly, we, you know, for the same reasons that early in the year on the men's side, we all looked at Virginia and said going, even going in indoors, Hey, this is the number seven team. And indeed in the end, they were the number seven team. but if you let people just vote based on the talent on the team and not the losses they've, you know, they've incurred, you're going to get artificially inflated or you'll have mid-majors getting suppressed and not getting credit. I mean, is anybody actually going to vote middle Tennessee number 16? Not a lot of people. Uh, so, I mean, I like the fact that there's a formula and everybody knows it and it's well known. I think we need a formula is the formula that's in place. The perfect one, Eh, probably not. You could do some things, but I don't think a poll, you know, a voting poll is probably never the right answer. It's just another perspective. That's
1: fun to look at.
0: Mm -hmm. Jay, this is your bread and butter. Floor is yours.
1: Uh, I agree with Chris on, on the significance piece of it. People take him seriously. Absolutely right? You do see the schools tweet them out. I think for that reason, I find them somewhat problematic in that regard, right? When I see non-caveated tweets about, you know, number one ranking for the first time in school history. Well, that's not really true, right? That's like a, a media poll. Um, so those things, I do feel a little problematic. Obviously, coaches, schools are going to use them from a PR perspective. It's great to show uh, your your AD, all that sort of stuff. But those sort of things feel a little problematic. Um, and it also conflates like the the seriousness of the ITA ranking and the ability to like focus in on what actually matters for getting into the tournament. So I, I think that's kind of my, my thought on it. I also I don't know who's who's on the USDA poll. I know you guys have um, you know your ballots, but, you know, uh, it would be great to know. It'd be great to know. You can look
0: it up. It's on oh, the release. Can. Yeah, okay, it's on the release. Great.
1: Who has it? Yeah, um, so maybe I should look that up. But Well, no, here's what I will say. And
0: I, and by the way, if you're a voter, there are a lot of voters I know who do watch college tennis that are on the list. There are also some, I'm really not sure if they do. And like, I agree with you. By the way, any of those voters in the Tennis Channel poll, a lot of them I know, again, I'm not talking about you, but to any of them who'd like to explain their votes, you should have to come on the show because sorry, I, God, this is why I don't think, that, whatever. The UCLA men were top for too many weeks like just for too many weeks and it's like every time they receive a vote to be top 25 is an indictment on someone on that list who's not watching college tennis now again tennis channel USDA do such a fantastic job with that poll and shout out shout out to Brian who coordinates it all and Chris and I got the chance to interact with him throughout the course of the year he doesn't like clockwork and again I think every data point you have available is a relevant data point because there's just not too many of them available. That said, if the question is, does the committee know they exist? Maybe. Are they relevant to the committee's suggest, uh, selections? Not in the slightest. And so that would be the answer to that question do they expose flaws in the algorithm? Chris seems to indicate not, not directly, but. That doesn't mean that the ITA algorithm is not flawed. I hope we answered that question thoroughly. I believe we did. All right, let's get to the submitted lineups, which we got a question about. And again, if there's a place uh, to view the submitted lineups, a lineup is submitted. Can, for example, a team choose to leave out a player in the second preliminary round and play number seven instead through the rest of the match? I can do this one quickly for you. So the lineup you submit at the beginning of the tournament is the lineup you are playing for the duration of the NCAA tournament. You don't get to reset at the end of each round. You don't get to reset at the end of each weekend. What you submit at the start of the tournament is what you play for the remainder of it. Now I'll let Chris get to the nuances of doubles because it gets a little tricky in singles. It's fairly simple. Whatever you submit one through eight, how things work. Let's say you want to pull your number four singles player. If you do five goes to four, six goes to five, seven goes to six. A player can only move up one spot directly. There is no shifting of spots. No jumping around that one through eight, one through nine lineup is established. If you pull a player, everyone moves up one spot accordingly. That's how it works in the singles. I know there's a Brad Dancer rule in doubles.
2: It gets complicated. Chris, break it down for us. I mean, doubles is just fair game, right? You submit your doubles lineups. And if you pull one guy, you can basically shake up everything. You pull one of your number one doubles guys, and all of a sudden, you can slide your number two team up to one. Maybe take the guy that you had left stranded at one, put him at two, or put him at three. It's all open to the pre-match protest of the opposing team. Uh, you know, there's not. That's pretty wide open when you when you pull somebody from doubles. The only other caveat that I would throw in there in the singles is, uh, as you stated very well. You, you set your lineup, the order of all of those players through the tournament is set. However, you can only designate nine players eligible to play uh, on any given weekend. So for this weekend, each team, so for example, say Wake Forest, who might have 15, 16, 17 guys on the roster, they could list them all, but they have to designate which nine are eligible. And for some teams like a Wake Forest, that can be a problem if you want to play six guys in singles, and then you have four guys that you want to play in doubles that don't play singles. You can't do it. You only get to play nine guys. Total you designate, which nine guys are, are playing. You can actually change who the nine are from one weekend to the next in the NCAA tournament, but it still doesn't change the order of the player. So if all of a sudden you say, Hey, my number five guy is no longer one of the nine eligible. As you stated, it's just as if you pulled them, everybody else slides up and you can't, but there's no order changing, uh, like there is. And that's true for both the men and women, because this is NCAA regulated, unlike the ITA indoors where the women got to make changes between matches at indoors, no such thing, uh, in the NCAA tournament, men, women, same rules, lineups you submit before that's it for the tournament.
0: Yeah. I think that was pretty well explained. We got another question. I want to answer quickly. Blake Caste asking, are we doing any? Well, actually I'll save that for later. We got one. Oh, excuse me about the lineups. There it is. Ryan Lee. I like TCU putting Louis max at number six. That was noticeable, Ryan. Good, good observation by you. And again, those lineups now submitted challenge approved. Nothing too big. The most notable thing is that the Michaela Gordon placement for Stanford was real. And
1: so again, uh, that and the Tennessee was, flip at five and six also it. There was a challenge. They got protests. Yeah. What happened? It, it, it was Harper five DS six Prada seven. They yeah. flipped Diaz and Harper.
0: Oh, so challenge approved. And we talked about that yesterday. All right, let's get to our last five questions here. And again, we're going to run through all of them. Who will make the surprise run? Which team or teams do you believe could have an unexpected run in the NCAA tournament for both the men and the women? Let's start on the women's side. Jay, I go to you.
1: Well how are we defining a surprise run here?
0: Unseated to the sweet 16 or outside the top eight past the quarterfinals?
1: All right, well Georgia Tech is my pick to advance out of that Auburn region, Unseated uh, Auburn the 13 seed there. So that's my that's my surprise pick. I think of the uh, top eight seeds, I mean I think Texas A and m and Pepperdine have really good shots of beating North Carolina and Oklahoma. Um, so, I mean, look, there's a, there's a world where Pepperdine or Texas A&M wins this entire event, and that would be your surprise run. Chris. Jeez.
2: Out. I'm not sure I can pick anyone outside the top eight. Into a quarter. Final. Can I give you
0: one name? UCLA. Sure. It's just like, if the Bruins play well, can they beat Arkansas? Can they beat uh, Oklahoma State? And then you get a Virginia team that I like. What Ziadato, Munero. all these players have played down the home stretch, but I don't think their depth is definitively better. And on the right day, why can't Forbes beat Navarro? Why can't Bolton beat Subash? They've been really good in doubles when they've actually been on the court. That to me is the one you circle, right? As like the uh, as like the the stereotypical dark horse candidate.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I I would say that and then the other one to me would be Stanford. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean as, as a 15 seed are are we going to say there's no way they beat Oklahoma? No, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, yeah. So No, I, I mean look that's probably the other possibility.
0: Stanford is most dangerous when they're the 15 seed. If we've learned anything in NCAA tournament history, it's that never make Stanford 15 because they always make you pay. Men's side, Chris, you said you had a good answer for this. I think Virginia sounds like your answer to maybe win the damn thing.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, when you say going outside the top eight, obviously they're not outside the top eight. But I yeah, think but they're I, seven, that's- so I'll allow it. But 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 if I want to say a run deeper than quarter a, a team that might make a run deeper than quarters that you don't expect to, yeah they're I mean they're all in the same half but that Florida Virginia match obviously I'm going to pick Florida, but I mean I think Virginia is you know they're a, they're a very dangerous team and and I think they're a, they're a big sleeper, uh, you know something I did in my bracket and as I. I started perusing through a lot of the brackets that were submitted. And, and I feel like I noticed a trend. I don't have any analytics written up yet on all of the, you know, how many, which teams got picked to go how far, but I feel like my gut tells me from looking at it, that the team that you would, that, you know, is picked to be upset more than anybody else, given their seating is number one TCU. And I picked it as well. I've got Kentucky knocking them off. I, so I, you know, I think that's, I think there's, I would kind of call that a sleeper, even though they're an eight seed. No, that counts. If that were, if they were, if Kentucky were to actually make the semifinals to me, that's a, that's a dark horse run, if you will.
0: All right. You, the obvious answer to this question is Texas on the men's side. I mean, everyone is back. Spaziri, you know, again, Waldeb, Harper, Chi Chi Huang, all these guys have been through the ringer together. They made the NCAA semifinals last year. Now, if Braswell is healthy, playing the number two singles position, he's been so good at the number one spot this year. If he's healthy and Bailey's healthy and CMR is healthy and wall deep's healthy and Harper's healthy and Spazieri's only playing with one wrist. This is as healthy as he's going to be all season long. That it said, sounds like one and a half
1: based yeah, on, based on what he said.
0: Well, again, just to have, This again, the know-how of this team, they've made a run. They've been in these moments before and all that institutional know-how we saw it against Florida at the national indoors. And, you know, again, can they go to Michigan and beat a Wolverines team? Absolutely. Especially if that match is played outside because they've been outside for far longer than the Wolverines had. Although I would point out Wolverines went to TCU, look just fine outdoors, but Texas like again, big match teams, Texas is that big match team. You talk about Ohio State, the three big matches they've played outside of Champaign. Oh, I guess four. They beat Wake Forest, but they lose to TCU. They lose to Michigan both on the road and in the Big Ten Championship. Tell me why
1: Texas can't win that match. Like, I just refuse to believe it, Jay. No, I take a look at Jay's bracket on Chris's site. You yeah. you, you might see Texas upsetting uh, the Wolverines. I also don't think it's implausible to have Texas versus USC instead of Michigan-Ohio State in these matchups for some of the same reasons you mentioned What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: And is Dastonic the best player in that match against Ohio State? He might be. And just again, to have that, he's been so good at both number one singles, number one doubles. You take that point off cash and votes, you take the doubles point off Ohio State. It's a completely different matchup. I mean, yeah, that's a good pick as well. I think those 5-12, matchups, I do think there's an upset in one of them. I'm just not sure which one it's going to be. Uh, That said, again, let's move on to our next question here. Speaking of those super regional matchups and upsets, do you prefer the super regional format or the sweet 16 at one site? Jay, I'll start with you. (laughs)
1: Look, I am a strong proponent of the round of 16 at one site. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, but I personally, that is a selfish understanding as someone who goes to the NCAAs every year. I understand the logistical challenge of having the round of 16s at these uh at these sites. And look, if it makes more logistical sense, teams are happy getting to host additional match, I'm fine with it. I would probably like to have more parity once we're in the NCAA tournament and less uh home court advantages uh if we could have it. But I understand the reasons for it. Personally I would love for the round of 16 to be at one site. Um, but I don't have any any problem with the moving to the super regional. Chris, I
2: don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm a, I have a big preference either way. Like Jay's, I, I don't know that I, honestly, that I'm smart enough to know the the answer to that. Like I, I think, like Jay said, yes, you give a little home court advantage, but there's all these factors. Like does somehow does that grow the sport and draw more people into it because they get to play on college camp, you know, home college campuses for an extra round in these big matches. If that were the, you know, if that were the case, and I don't know if that's what it, you know, in the end, if it produces that or not, but if it produced, if that was the outcome, then I'm all for it. If it's not the outcome, I'm like, Jay, because I go, I like to see all 16 in one place because I get to watch them all. But, Uh, you know, in, in the end, I'm all for whatever helps grow the sport and gets more fans involved. And I don't know that I know which one does. So, uh, so I don't have a big opinion, but I, in my case, yeah, whatever helps get the big, the fan base better is is best to me.
0: Here's what I say. Give it more time. We need to see a bigger sample size. We just haven't seen enough of them yet. I don't have enough data to confirm. I'm going to get to attend my first super regional match. Hopefully God willing, should the Wolverines take care of business that next weekend in Ann Arbor. If there's a big enough fan section, anytime you can put these as many matches as possible in local communities, I'm all for it. But I need I need to see. And again, Michigan's done with school. Like a lot of these places are done with school. I need to check it out before I can offer a firm assessment.
1: Are you saying that has an upside or a downside if they're done with school?
0: Well, downside because yeah, students downside. aren't on campus. Yeah, yeah. And so like, yeah. if it's not worthwhile, then why are we doing it? Yeah. And so that's what I would agree with you there. So let me, yeah. let me do some field reporting for you. Yeah. Let me all, let me get in the communities and I'll have an answer. And Chris is going to be at a region. I'm sure he'll go to some super regional. I, you'll go to Kentucky, right?
2: Yeah. As long as I'm available. Yeah. It's an hour away. I, I'd be at UK. Jay, where are you flying?
0: There's nothing on the West coast. You're, you're <laughs> in trouble. That's super
1: regional. I'll just see you guys in Illinois. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the one other thing I'd add here is like the super regionals for baseball, at least have multiple games. Right. And so I think it feels a little anemic to have just like the one match. Like I would honestly prefer top eight seeds host for the weekend. Right. And you play the first three rounds there and you actually make it a little bit more of a hub. um, And then you go to the final site. Uh, I apologize
0: for it. No, sorry. I apologize for sharing our communications i was explaining how it worked to Westoff, and he kind of looked at me he's like what he's like there's another week and i was like yeah he's like wait wait, wait. the super regionals that weekend i was like no it's the next weekend and it's like why and i couldn't give a you know if i can't give a definitive answer to that question i can't imagine there are a ton of people who can and so something just to keep our eye on as we move forward all right final three questions here who could be upset at home which host team or teams do you believe will be stunned unexpectedly at home? Now, for the first two rounds, we talked about that already on our draw previews. You can go find those episodes on the Great Shot podcast feed. Let's look at that round of 16 Super Regional. Start with you, Jay. We'll start on the women's side. Which top eight seeds are getting stunned?
1: Well, i first going to give my men's picks. I didn't get to give my first two rounds. Oh, um, I apologize. Please. What was on the show. So yeah. um, I will go Auburn over Wake Forest. Um, I will choose that in the first two rounds. See, this is what pisses me off is the reason I didn't pick it
0: is because Chris picked it. And I was like, well, I can't agree with Chris ever. Um, and so like, I was like, if he wasn't going to pick that I I was going to, but because he picked, I was like, all right, let me pick a different upset. So we have an interesting conversation. I don't like that. Two of the smartest people I respect in college tennis are both picking Auburn. And I didn't because it is like very similar teams. Great pick. Sorry.
1: Um, And so question is super regional top eight seed. Yeah, uh, that's yes, exactly.
0: No, 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 they could be give me the host regions you see upset if you want to do first weekend as well. But then, yeah, that round of 16 upsets, you see. Okay.
1: yeah, we've done the host weekend. Um, So you're you're out. no, 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 we can stick with the
0: men's side. Just Auburn over Wake.
1: I think that's the only one I have.
0: So are you going middle Tennessee or NC State?
1: No. Yeah, I have a few more. I have NC State, and then I also have uh, Arizona Arizona. over UNC.
0: Stanford over Harvard? And I have Stanford over Harvard. Okay. I
1: think there's going to be a lot more on the
0: men's side than there are on the women's side. It's going to be interesting, and that's exactly where we're all going to be caught in a trap. So, all right, with that in mind, now we'll look at the round of 16. Let's start on the women's side, Jay.
1: So I think Cal could beat NC State in that Mm. super regional. Um, You never know what you're going to get with Cal, but they have the talent – Certainly, you know, in that two through five range to compete with NC State, I think they're on upset alert. And then Oklahoma. Uh, I think Oklahoma um, versus Stanford is, of course, uh, one to watch. Chris?
2: Yeah, I don't know that I – I mean, certainly Cal could do it. I don't know that I'd go there. Stanford for over Oklahoma for sure has to be the most likely to me – Uh, and and it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to imagine, but it's like you said, it's every time Stanford's the 15, but yeah, to say that the two seed is, is the one on, uh, on big upset alert in, in the super regional weekend, I don't see a whole lot of other opportunities for that. I mean, I think the women are pretty solid, uh, in the, in the top eight.
0: I'll throw two at you, Miami against, if they make it out of their region, taking on Pepperdine. I just never know what pepperine's going to show up on any given day. The other interesting one for the aforementioned case is Virginia. A, because I kind of like Oklahoma State at five and six a little bit better than I like Virginia should Oklahoma State get there. And, you know, they've been really good up top as well. B, if it's UCLA, like it's UCLA. And yeah. I already made the case for them earlier in the show. So those would be the two I'd keep an eye on. I mean, stunned. Would have to be like North Carolina losing to Florida. Like, that's the only thing I'd be like stunned by, uh, I would say, of any of them. Let's flip gears and go on the men's side. I mean, again, I feel it's going to be a pretty chalk super regional weekend. We talked about the 412, 413, 512 matchups, Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, USC. I think
1: those are the clear cut ones. I feel pretty good about the rest, Jay. Yeah, I do too. I mean, just looking through the draw, I think those are the ones that you circle. Um, you know, it's hard to say if wake and Kentucky both get there, you know, that's sort of a, a draw match. So yeah, I think that, um, that Midwest region, if you will, is the one to circle.
0: If it's Kentucky Auburn part three, Chris, it's just really hard to beat a team three times. That's what Kentucky would have to do against Auburn. If it's Kentucky wake forest. I mean, that's a pick a match as well. Sure. You like Kentucky up top, but wake Forest has some answers at the bottom. I mean, again, men's side. Who would you be stunned if they go home before the quarterfinals?
2: So here, I'll give you one, and and I didn't pick this right, and I won't I won't pick it. But I there's a world where I where this is the absolute stunner of the tournament, and that is NC State goes and wins at TCU.
0: There he is. Is this because you're going
2: to Raleigh this weekend? Well, no, because obviously I actually want NC state to lose first round to Liberty, (laughs) you know, let's be clear my allegiance lies with Liberty, but I think NC, you know, I've picked NC state to get out of that region and I think there's a world, I just think that, you know, there's a world where TCU could be, we, you know, we've always, we always have questions about who's healthy, who's playing, what's going on. And those NC state kids, man, that with, playing three freshmen or three first year guys even if they're not freshmen it, they get it, they get hot i mean again I, there's no chance that i'm picking that but if it happened i'd go yeah i mean i i saw that as a possibility and that would be an absolute stunner but it's a stunner that's within reason
0: yeah I, that's a fun one i agree and i think again all of these matches are going to be in that four one four two mostly four two four three range but with that in mind, final two questions for all of you before we wrap our mailbag show. Excuse me. Here we go. What is your take on who is the girl of the 2022 season, similar to last week's conversation on the guy? Now, this is a reference to a segment we did on The Deciding Point, talking about historically those players who have been able, not one-man teams, but who can transcend a single team and carry their team to heights perhaps, above the sum of their talent. I mean, this is not to be rude, Scotty B. The answer to this question is very simple, and there's two of them right now in the women's game. One of them, of course, Emma Navarro. You're defending NCAA singles champion for Virginia. I believe she's lost one match throughout the course of this season. And, yep. yeah, I mean, again, Virginia's the number five seed. A lot of She's a big reason for that fact. She's on your team. You feel like you have a point on the board. And, again, she's contributing in doubles as well. You could say point and a half. The other half is Peyton Stearns who has lost one match as well throughout the course of this dual match season. And again, a win-0 over Lane Sleeth in the big 12 finals. Her forehand might be the biggest weapon in women's college tennis right now. Jay, I think it's those two. And that's why you mentioned if we see it in the quarterfinals, that's a, that's a battle for the belt of being, I would say, the woman. Because, you know, let's be honest, they're over 18, the woman this season.
1: Yeah, I agree, right? And that's why I'm excited to see that matchup either in the team event or in the individual's. Um, you know, Emma has the the singles title. Peyton has the team title. They both want the other one as well. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I think just a brief rundown to mirror what you did with the men. I think off the top of my head, probably starting with the Gibbs. Probably yeah. goes Nicole Gibbs of Stanford, then transitions to Danielle Collins yep. with a splash of Jamie Loeb and Haley Carter of UNC. I would then say we probably have a few no woman years in the kind of the 2017, 2018 era. And then we have Stella from Miami um, and then probably transitioned to to Navarro last season and Navarro and Stearns. Uh, we'll talk about those
0: nascent years again. Collins wins her second title in 2016. And yep. I think 2015 and 16, she was there. Obviously Jamie Loeb wins that 15 title. She was on the level for a given yep. season. You're right all due respect to Brianne minor in 2017, she was not the girl going right. into that event. And, you know, for her to win the title, the way that she does, uh, was surprising to say the least. And I don't think there was a definitive number one for Stanford that year. Uh, if memory serves me no, correct, was, of course,
1: uh, Caroline Doyle.
0: Yeah. And for Florida who played number one on those team? Oh, that was a DiLorenzo um, year. 2017 was the year you figured DiLorenzo was going to win that NCAA title. And Ultimately, she did not. She does yeah. win the doubles title, but she was probably closest that season. I mean, Ariane Hartono has gone on to have some great pro results. Yeah, and she and was
1: certainly top yeah, three in that the conversation. season. Yeah, yeah but-,
0: but I don't think she definitively grabbed it. I think we're talking Jokic now, or as you mentioned, like the Carol, okay. the the way the Virginia guys like that class of guys were the definitive group you could say that about the carolina women's seniors like graham jones davitella like sarah davitella belongs in this conversation she got pretty close to the
1: level yeah yes yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, uh, um, you know no (laughs) no you're wrong last year
0: sarah was on. i would say sarah was as much on this level as stella stella just happened to win the
1: ncaa tournament well but Stella was on that level in 2019. I don't think Stella was quite there. She was in in that conversation last year. But now I get to say my
0: favorite, you get, you know what I get to say? My favorite thing, who wins the 2020 NCAA tournament? Tell me why it's not Sarah who blitzed through everyone at the national indoors.
1: Yeah. I mean, Sarah and indoors are peanut butter and jelly, very different, you know, outdoors, but no, no, not on. I mean, when we look back on this decade, Davitella, Graham, Jones, that. That will not be in the conversation of even on the same team of Loeb and Carter, those two names. Will oh, be thought about it. Jones so.
0: you're right of, I disagree about Sarah. I think I, Sarah I is on that level. Yeah. Good. This, this is why we love each other because we in, still it, disagree about it. In things. a few
1: years. I mean, you have a, a fondness for her being from Michigan, but when people look back on, on the decade of college tennis and think about the if women, you're saying this
0: about her, you have to say it about Nuno. Because you look at their results, they are damn similar. Like, to me, that's her comp. And it's yeah. like, those are two of the transcendent talents of the past decade in college
1: tennis. Yeah, Nuno's not on my list. Oh, see, okay.
0: <laughs> I respect it. I respect it, Chris. Well, final I also, one, I also had
1: one person a year. but um, Yeah, yeah but I'm a cheater. You yeah, know that. exactly. That yeah, was the Chris? implication. Yeah. I mean, either one of you throwing Nuno
2: out is just totally wrong. <laughs> I mean, he beat Petros for the, for the falls that year. Come on. All right. Sarah won MVP. Sarah, they now call it. But I'm a You know how it's Sarah- the Bill
0: Russell Sarah, no. NBA MVP award? You know how they call the Bill Russell NBA MVP award? It should be the Sarah Dava Patella National Indoor MVP. Because, like, if just pencil her in. Like, she's going to win MVP of that event. Three-time MVP. Three-time.
1: Amazing Sorry. accomplishment.
2: Sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, but it's a three-mat fourth four match weekend if you make it to the finals right yeah it's not a it's not an entire season no but yeah i mean look what what sterns and navarro have done this year is is outstanding but i still you know i stand by my my previous takes if if you're not just an absolute lock you know and you're undefeated you're not the guy or the girl uh so it's you know all right. Fair. Well, then last question. Favorites for the
0: singles and doubles individual titles. Let's start. I mean, it's still so early and it really does depend how they do in the NCAA tournament, because having does those it? matches. I mean, three matches now is less, but I do okay. think those sorts of things matter. Like players catch fire. It just happens. Um Riffous. Boy Boyton last year as well. It's not as though he didn't catch fire, even if he didn't win it. Um, yeah, let's start with the women's side, Jay. The
1: women's is easy, right? This yeah. is a two-way tie between Navarro and Stearns. Probably lean Navarro, just given the pro success she's had, um, and she won it last year. So uh, lean Navarro. Doubles is interesting. I think there's a lot of teams who could win it uh, on the women's side. I mean, Jada Daniel, Nell Miller have looked really strong from NC State. Makarova and and Goldsmith at Texas A&M. Doubles feels a little bit more to me around like how does the team competition do, right? Like if North Carolina wins. Last year's team event, I don't think Scotty and Jones win that title. Sure. I
0: I think that's a fair take. Chris, anything to add to that? Are you ready to move on to the men's?
2: Yeah, there's, I have no doubles on either side, I think is almost impossible. Except for maybe
0: Walton and Harper,
2: who have been that good and have like found their rhythm of play. And
0: Cash and Boats are freaking
2: money. But I would not have said there's a clear cut to me favorite in any doubles cup like even, you know, last, I was going to say Walton and Harper going into last year, right? There were a ton of teams that were, were there. And I won't say that they're like a any clear cut favorite this year. The only team to me in the last several years that I thought going in and they ran the table was going to be just the team to beat was Cressy and Smith.
0: Mm-hmm. Good call. And obviously I mean, they did ultimately win the title. Yeah. That's a good call. I think back to Shabazz and Courtney. And I was or Shabazz and Inglat like those teams Sam Devin Trade I can't believe they didn't win like uh, don't get me started now I'm gonna get angry um yeah that was J- Jenkins and Steislinger, very good team um Mackie Mackie and Marty and Marty and Jew like Martin Redlicky and anyone you felt pretty good about um he was that good as a, there
2: has to be a Kevin player. Mecca reference in here somewhere.
0: Oh, dude, Labedus and, and Reese. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, That's that kind of team was easy. fucking money. Sorry, was money. Um, Yeah, Metka and Cobalt. That was actually the last time it was like, OK, these two teams should be playing in the final because I'm pretty sure they're the two best. Um, No disrespect to Harper and obviously Walton and Merged and McLean, who have proven this year why they made the NCAA double finals. Yeah, there's there's some good ones uh, throughout the course of the year, certainly. With all of that said, uh men's side, pick? I mean, yeah, men's side singles pick. I mean, again, there's a tier. It's Shelton, it's Boiton, and then it's probably everyone else. Um, Sheedak belongs there. Staff, I would put on that tier one as well. He hasn't lost a match this season. It was so great in the fall. I think those are your clear cut top four, probably, right? Boyton, Shelton, Sheedak, Distonic in some sort of order. Jay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's Shelton and then a boy Tan, and then, uh, you know, eight guys who I put into that conversation, give me a few indoor matches. I'd throw King Kingsley in there. You know, stylers looked really good. There's a lot of guys, um, who could be competing for this, but look, Shelton has had a ton of success in Illinois at Champaign. I think he's the guy this year. Um, you know, but we'll see.
2: Chris. Yeah, hands down, Ben Shelton's the favorite. I mean, he's, we, we all have the sense that he's, you know, if he's not winning, it's because it's, he's not totally focused. And when you get into that tournament and there's an NC and there's a, I'm sorry, a US Open wild card on, on the line, there's no, there's no excuse for a lack of focus. So if he gets beat, then somebody deserves, you know, somebody deserves it. But, uh, and I think, I, I do honestly think if, uh, if he doesn't get too worn down play in the team tournament, that 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 the biggest threat to him would be uh, would be Boyton at Baylor.
0: All totally fair. Well, with that said, one additional question we got in the chat asking, will we be doing red zone coverage this weekend? Unfortunately, Blake Caste, we will not be doing red zone coverage, but I can now officially officially report I will be on the call for the NCAA tournament. Once we get to the semifinal round in Champaign onwards, you can find that coverage on the tennis one app who has coverage, I believe of the entire event, starting with the first ball being hit tomorrow. So again, for your complete coverage to watch it all go download that tennis one app. And then yeah, Once we get to those teams, semifinals, team finals, you're going to hear me on the call for the men's action. I don't think I'm on the call for the women's. I will be on the call for the men's semifinals, men's finals as well. And then I will be on the call for the men's and women's individual. I believe it's semifinals onward, maybe quarterfinals onward, actually, for the individuals. So folks... Our season continues here at Crack Rackets. We get to rock and roll. And again, I will be in Champagne. Jay will be in Champagne. Chris, I'll drag your ass to Champagne if that's what it takes. And yeah. It's going to be a really fun postseason tournament. So, again, we thank all of you who have made this 2022 so special. I'll say it unequivocally, our best season from a coverage standpoint here at Crack Rackets. And we still have some time to go. So, of course, we will be back next week to break down weekend number one, back to our normal schedule, Tuesdays with Jay, Thursdays with hopefully Chris and Maddie. Now, we're also going to be weaving in 32, God willing, oh my God, that starts next week. 32 coaching interviews as I try to speak with all of them before we actually get to the start of the Sweet 16. And yeah. Action continues here at Crack Rackets. Of course, for all of that coverage, tune in to our website, CrackRackets.com. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. We keep him busy. We will continue to be doing so over the course of the next few weeks. And, of course, a shout-out to our friends at Swing Vision and Turner for their support of this show as well. With that said, Jay, Chris, start with you. Jay, any final thoughts?
1: No. I'm looking forward to the action. Uh, yeah, great let's to- go. We're yeah. ready. We're ready. We are ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Now I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, I got to go fill out that bracket. Chris, final
2: thoughts. Two final thoughts. One, how did you bribe Jay into a Michigan tennis background? I didn't even have to tell him. I I don't understand. This is I mean, our West Coast correspondent has a Michigan tennis background.
1: Look, this has been the dilemma the last few days, because I always go with the upset, you know, team for our Tuesday show. And it's just been Michigan. There's been no new action. So I've had to do these past few shows with Michigan. That will change this week. Once you
0: get to Ann Arbor, you're never going to leave. That's what Jay learned. Once you're in, you're in. Because you're Uh, stuck indoors. Yeah, best city in the world. Um, Although I I will say this. Jay, I
2: traveled there for a year. I left.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, I'll say this. I freaking love Madison. I need to give a shout-out to Coach Danny Westerman, who was far too kind to us when I did travel there and – yeah, it's just Madison is freaking gorgeous, Chris. I'm sad we were there for 10-degree weathers and the foundation of the COVID pandemic. But, like, I got to drag you back up there as well because Madison's freaking awesome. And anyone who wonders why is the national indoor there, it's a tennis factory. Like, oh, Nielsen is just,
2: it's like, it's literally all tennis. That's all yeah. you get, and it's the best. It it was great. And, uh, yeah, you know, never, you know, nobody will ever understand that, you know, killing grandma, but... but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah i'll leave and my final thought gruskin you can drag me to champagne on on one condition and i'm sure he's not listening but you can tell coach dancer i want those damn socks i was supposed to get the year at indoors at the midtown athletic club that i never got you give me those socks those illinois socks and I'm in Champagne.
0: Well, you know Harry Jaden's the new assistant at Illinois, so
2: you have uh, yeah. There's yeah. an in you have. I mean, I want those socks. Come on.
0: All right, I'll talk to my league people, see what we can do. But with all that said, four. The fantastic John Parsons our uh, our the fantastic professor, Chris Halliores, our super producer Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Swing Vision and Turner. And from all of us here at Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We hope you all enjoy the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. But in the meantime, Jay, Chris, what do we tell our listeners? Hey, great Great shot. shot. And we will see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.